from the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Fire ball for one timer. Score! Nathan McKinnon with an absolute laser beam. One time to through Vasilevsky. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, this is a tie hockey game. Three on two for the Avalanche. Manson McKinnon back for Manson. Tapped over. Score! Time for Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. It is time for Cofield and Company, an all company edition of the show. Steve Cofield out. I'm going to say, I don't, we don't usually discuss what he's doing or where he is, but he is posting some things on social media, I guess, but we'll leave that for you guys to investigate if you want to no he's just out of town enjoying himself as he has earned the right to do here in the summer uh i was out of town this week as well get to some of that later because i got to see uh some las vegans in action down in san diego we'll get into that a great great lineup of guests today we hear from lindy the rock lincoln kennedy darren millard who we were told was in south africa it's not true Somebody just doesn't know geography. He's hanging with Turk. I think he is. It's very possible up in PEI. Uh, we'll get to that and so much more here on the program today. First of all, Willie, how you doing, sir? Willie Ramirez is in. It's Hill and the Homies. Sure. It's an all-company edition, Hill and the whatever you want to call it. There's I many like names. Hill and the Homies. I, okay. I, you know, when, when it's you and I, uh, I mean, when it's you and whomever, but when it's you and I, and, and you tend to have gotten away from and forgot to... Or forget to, and I like that name. So when he's not here, vacation or not. Hill and the Homies edition. It is. It's a Hill and the Homies. There we go. Well, well, we'll get into, maybe, I don't know. We'll see if we're all all homies. I don't know. You might be yelling at us at some point. We we heard on a text. (laughs) You never know. We'll find out. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Well, not at you. Just in general, certain things that come up, I'll be ready to be. I'm I'm a little fired up. Just why? In, why uh, uh, did somebody harm you? Or what's no, going on? no. It's just you know. It's just it's I. There are so many things going on in society and the world, and what I'm really getting tired of is the categorizing of people in general. Um. So when you fall within a category that may be under fire or under the microscope, whatever. But yet you put forth an earnest effort with what you do in your endeavors. But yet, your cat, it, it's just it just kind of caught up with me. And, and so I went to the gym. I made sure. So I was originally going to go to the gym this morning, and then go home and come here from home. But I changed it and made sure that I I lifted right before I came here. So sort of got a lot out. So that was that was a good thing. You got a lot out, or you just got yourself more fired up, and now you're going to be more angry and scream. We just we got a warning text, like, be careful. So Could have been worse. Just trying to be sure we're okay here. I may have lightened the load with the, with, with some of the some of the rack pulls that I did. Okay. Fair enough. Well, we'll see if that changes or if we uh, 
We stay on Willie's if good side throughout the fire. show. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully a lot of that lifting helped out. You know what bit. I did do? I, I did watch some Johnny Carson clips with Richard Pryor. Okay. So I and I put I put on Twitter and I put on my Facebook page that I think the rest of my summer vibe is going to be during cardio sessions outside because oh by the way I finished Vice Principals. Okay. Good. Um, we were supposed to have a review of that and and uh, Steve uh, he you know he forgot we we went on to something different we did we rated Showtime shows what, what we would catch up on uh, top ten so we forgot to rate Vice so I finished Vice Principals and so now I'm stuck in limbo as to what I want to do like I need to catch up on All American I need to do there's certain things but you know a good part of my cardio sessions over the summer is going to be just watching straight Richard Pryor and Don Rickles segments on Johnny Carson when absolutely nobody was safe, but everybody was full of humor. I'll just leave it at that. It's the three on Cofield and Company. No joke here. Uh, Baseball, Major League Baseball, something that I have said is not happening. It won't happen. It's not going to come to Vegas for many, many reasons. Could potentially be one step closer to coming to Vegas. Now, I I am not – maybe I'm just biased because I've said from the beginning it's not going to happen and maybe I'm just reading in everything uh, from that standpoint. Uh, but everybody is reacting to this news today, which is a report out of the New York Post that Major League Baseball and, and – um, it was written up, well, obviously, in several other places as well. But Major League Baseball has told the A's if they want to move to Las Vegas, they've got the green light and they don't have to pay a relocation fee, which would potentially be hundreds of millions of dollars. That is a huge step taken away, uh, a huge barrier taken away from uh, from that potential deal happening. So the A's wouldn't have to pay that fee. That could be very helpful in trying to put some of that money instead into stadium and, and relocation and everything else, they wouldn't have to pay that fee. Uh, it is being reacted to as, whoa, baseball definitely wants a team in Vegas. And they're trying to make this happen. They're trying to grease the wheels a little bit to make this happen so they can get the Vegas market, which is so popping right now in the sports world. I look at it as a different in a different way. I, I would say, now obviously that's certainly possible. Very possible that that's the case. I would say baseball also just gave the A's a massive negotiating chip with Oakland to say, hey, look, Oakland, there's nothing in the way. They can go, so you better get something done. And that's how I tend to look at this news instead of the, hey, this is clearing the way for this to happen. I would venture to say, I would say the second part, the 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 latter of your argument, of your two points in that they've given them, they're, they're, they're aligning themselves with Oakland in terms of using Vegas as a bargaining chip to force Oakland's hand. Yeah, I don't think that they want. I think if they want a team here, just like the NBA, I think both leagues at this point they don't want relocation situation. I think that they want an expansion, and I I just think that they've you know it, the Raiders are one thing. It's it's such a historic franchise, and the NFL is king. We know that. But you saw the meteoric rise. Obviously, it was a magical season that I don't think another franchise or professional sports were ever going to see that in our lifetime that the Golden Knights did. But organically growing a team in a town that is blossoming and blooming before our very eyes, and even for guys like you and I who have been here all our lives. Um, I do. I think that they want organic organic growth, not a relocation. And I think that they're 
aligning themselves, like I said, with Oakland, uh, with the Athletics, to use Vegas as a bargaining chip. Yeah, and certainly, like they're you know part of it is hey, if they are going to move, um, this is this is a big help. This would help them, and 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 I know why people that do believe the team is coming to Vegas and do want the team to come to Vegas. And listen, I I'd love the team to be in Vegas. I just don't know if it's the right time for it. Um, but those, you know, I, I understand why people are saying, "Hey, this is a good, good step in that direction." But I also think we have to certainly be aware uh, that this is this is part of telling Oakland, "Hey, get this deal done," because whatever barriers you think there are to this team moving to Vegas are not there. Um, it didn't help their negotiations when you know it was kind of the no public money came out from the Vegas side potentially. Uh, that that's not helpful to their negotiations. They need to find something that was a little bit more helpful to try to push this forward. And that seems like that what that might be what this is. I'm just curious because I, I this is news to me. I've been obviously, like I said, at the gym and then driving here. Um, or so I'm not sure when the story came out. But what is the what would the what are they saving in relocation fee? Like what is what does that cost? Well, there's not a number right now. So it hasn't happened in a while. But the the rumors were many maybe 200 250 million. Okay, so. That would definitely be put toward something sure. that we, you know, put toward a stadium, of sure. course. And then we can come back to the A's and say, "Look, you didn't have to pay that two hundred and two hundred fifty million. You can put that right into the stadium. Right. We're not, we're not building a stadium. Right. You're building it. Yep. And again, there's already tons and tons and tons of public money from Oakland that they would be able to use. Uh, so that's why I still think it's going to happen there. I think that they they would love for Vegas to make a pitch to help them out there. But at this point, I don't think the appetite is there. Now, they wouldn't need as much public money here because it is a different scenario, different situation. Uh, but there is still a lot of things to work out. But that is just one step. So people be aware that that is going on. No relocation fee potentially for the A's coming to Vegas. Uh, somebody did recruit. Excuse me. Somebody did uh, relocate from California to Las Vegas. Uh, and that is a new recruit. Carl Jones, L.A. Southwest College has signed with the Rebel Basketball Program, uh, played in 29 games last year, averaged 10 points, eight rebounds, and I think most importantly, three blocks a game uh, for that school in less than 20 minutes. So he's playing less than a half and blocking three shots, a true rim protector, uh, athleticism, size, some intimidation factor in the middle. Uh, I saw people saying, oh, 10 points a game in junior college. He's clearly uh, projected as more of a defensive stopper. And look, that's 10 points in less than a half of the game. He's, he's not playing a whole lot of minutes, so uh, pretty impressive that he was able to put up those kind of numbers. Uh, maybe we'll see if that may, might be conditioning-related or how that is, how that works out. But really, really good thing, I think, for the Rebels to get a guy with two years left that can protect the rim, block some shots, uh, be an intimidator in the, middle, in the middle of the court. And you, know, you look at the rotation now, it's just it's deep everywhere. I mean, I, I know that there might be some hesitation, some thought of, you know, where scoring could come from and that sort of thing. But they've just got a lot of guys that are good players. Yeah. And I think that's that's the direction that they're trying to build right now. Yeah, and this guy, you know, he comes from, from Chicago, you know, and played at one of the best high schools, you know, in the country, Morgan Park. And he, and he played on the uh, Nike EYBL circuit. So, I mean, he... he He's somewhat, you know, this is, a, this is a certain class, you know, as far as the freshmen to seniors and throughout the nation that they've sort of, you know, you know how it is with AAU. They grow together. They know each other. They play against what. So he's been on a national level in a sense since his high school days. So this is just a, a solid transition from, you know, a small 
school in L.A. to now coming to UNLV. And like you said, just to contribute and how he may grow within the program now and how he's utilized, you know, it's everything. Every, you have to take everything for, for what it's worth on, on in each situation. So when he comes here, who knows? Maybe his average goes up a little bit here, doesn't do as much. But if you got a guy at both ends of the court, especially on the defensive end with the teams that, you know, and 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 clo- being able to close games out late in the game, you're you're saving your your starters or your your gunners for you know that final five minute stretch, and you need to get some quality minutes in, and you're trying to hold a lead or whatever the case may be, and you got a guy like that defending the rim, that helps protect leads or keeps you close in time for those final stretches. So he can be used in vital ways, no doubt about it. And uh, that's on the college level, NBA. The real season is beginning. We're, we're through the draft now. The offseason is where the real season is. The best season. Uh, of course, by far better than the regular season. Uh, goes. I think it goes uh, postseason, offseason, regular season for the NBA. Maybe maybe offseason even better than the postseason. I, uh, I would go, I would go uh, NBA finals, offseason, postseason, okay. regular season. That's fair. Okay. Uh, but, yes, the offseason is starting to heat up. Kyrie Irving the other day released a list of teams that he'd be willing to be traded to. A grand total of one of those teams is interested, <laughs> according to Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, who obviously is very, very plugged in, although, man, a lot of hatred goes his way, and we'll kind of get into that uh, coming up with something we're going to talk about next. But uh, Kyrie Irving apparently has only one team interested from that list. Uh, there is kind of a deadline here of Wednesday. Kyrie Irving has to decide to opt in to his deal, which will pay him $36 million next year. Uh, he doesn't, if he doesn't, uh, then there's some more possibilities open. But if he does opt in, that would eliminate the possibility of a side and trade. So you'd have to kind of change the dynamics of how a trade would work out. Um, if he doesn't opt in, he could also go just sign with the Lakers for like the mid-level exemption, which would be $6 million. And if it's truly not about money, as Kyrie Irving has said, maybe he wants to go that way. Like you can get yourself to the Lakers, opt out of this deal, become a free agent, go sign with the Lakers for almost nothing. Like that would get you there. Uh, but if you want to do a side and trade, it has to. You have to kind of uh, make this decision in the next couple of days. So a lot of moving pieces here. The Nets also appear to be at least prepared to potentially move on from both Kyrie and Kevin Durant. A lot of possibilities there as well. Uh, but we'll get into what could happen and what are some of the ramifications in terms of betting because I actually find this even more interesting than the players potentially moving. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. If Kyrie Irving walks, it certainly puts them in a difficult situation with Kevin Durant. I think, but also the idea of taking back, you know, significant contracts, money moving forward, that may not make sense. I think for Brooklyn, if Kyrie Irving is going to get to the Lakers, he's probably going to have to opt out of that deal and sign at that, what right now is a $6 million taxpayer mid-level exception. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. studio. Back here as we hear a little bit about uh, the Kyrie Irving drama and the offseason. It's the first domino that's going to fall, it looks like, of potentially several. God, it, and also, it's just so, there's so many things that are happening. Things are coming in on Twitter left and right. We've got a fight to announce that has nothing to do with anybody at MMA or boxing, and that'll be fun. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit as well. I got a quick question for you. Yes, we gotta go. I gotta go rogue on you. Okay. Uh, 
when you when we when we just got done saying, well, NBA Finals, off season, playoffs, regular. Were you talking the entire off season because of all the drama? Yeah. Oh, I for some reason I don't know why I was I I was actually alluding to the summer league because I'm really well, looking forward well, to the that's summer part league. part of it. Yeah, no, it is. But I was I just thought you were you were I for some reason I don't. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> No, it's, fine. it's fine. I mean, it's it's part of the whole thing, and and also that's where a lot of things happen. A lot of deals happen. A lot of people are hanging out with each other, and yeah. uh, conversations are had. And uh, not only sidelines at the summer league, but also you know some of the finer restaurants across Las Vegas. You see executives in there, players in there. Everybody's talking, and uh, part of stirring up a lot of the movement and then the drama and everything that happened. You went to the combine this past year. Would I you did. compare it? That was your first time the combine, no? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so would you compare like the same? It's in a sense, right? Because they're trying, they're getting ready for the draft. But in a sense, the same type of vibe where you you can get some sources, you, you're running into people, executives, players after the combine, the yeah. the, the 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 spots where you may go out. I mean, you know, yes, were- yes, and no. But and and I'll say this: this is also why I made the pitch, and me and Steve argued a lot about this. That he wants the combine in Vegas. And I said, no, it works so well in Indianapolis because it's such a small area. Yeah. Like literally nobody leaves, nobody in the NFL leaves like a three block area. Right. And that's where everything happens and that's where everyone is. And so if you go to a restaurant, like there's a couple of restaurants there in Indianapolis that are a hundred percent NFL people. Um, there's a, and there, and then there's like two others that are like 90%. Right. So, like, if you're going to a restaurant, like, you're around other NFL people, whether it's media, coaches, scouts, you know, administration people, players, agents, like, it's everything is the NFL uh, for those couple of blocks. And here in Vegas, that is happening during the summer league, but it's also there's what a hundred amazing restaurants to choose from here, yeah. where there's two yeah. in Indianapolis. Which, again, I love Indianapolis, but uh, all I'm saying is like it is all so centric about the NFL and there's no other people around. Maybe that maybe that's actually helpful for Vegas for the NBA that like these conversations can happen and you don't have to look over your shoulder because the people sitting next to you aren't other, you know, NBA personnel. It's, you know, regular people from wherever, Kansas or something. Yeah. Um but yeah, I just think it's so immersive uh in uh in Indianapolis that it, it makes for a different setup. But yeah, it's it's similar in that regard. And we are now seeing the explosion uh, of the offseason I, I, I mean, we can obviously talk about where guys are going to go. Where is Kevin Durant going to end up if he does leave Brooklyn? What it sounds like the Suns. If where, where is Kyrie going to end up? Sounds like Lakers or you know maybe just being a free agent. Who knows how that could work out? But I think what's really intriguing here, and it has to do with Kevin Durant, and it has to do with what happened last week. And I think we can get into this maybe a little bit more later. But so last week with the draft, we saw incredible line movement on. On certain players, mainly Paulo Bancaro to go number one, where he was a distant third choice. All this money came in that he was going to be the number one choice, and he was. Even though reports were still saying, hey, it's probably still going to be Jabari Smith, he was number one. The betting market told you. Yeah. This is what, first of all, some of these things are starting to be allowed in Vegas, but it hasn't really been for very long. And we limit very much, like draft, 24 hours out, they shut it down. For these reasons, like I get as a consumer and and as somebody who is a better, I love it. You get some information, you you bet it, and you you win some money off this information. But it's so different from games. And when people talked about the spread of sports betting and they're like, how many games are going to be fixed? I was never really that worried. 
But these are the kind of markets that really can be impacted. And and that's because like there are people that know. Like people there are people in organizations right now that might know that a trade has happened or is has, is pretty much done and they talk to their friends and their friends and their friends talk to their friends and then the betting market reacts to something that's not an actual game. It's somebody that's going to be signed. I would be curious you said so the NFL draft books shut things down a day before. NBA did too. But here I think the only thing that was allowed was the first pick of the draft. Just here though. Yeah. I'm wondering if they did that in New York cuz New York you could bet on sports now. Yeah, that's, what, that's what, what I'm saying is other places have these rules, and I know betters are like, hey, we we want the more liberal rules. We want things more open, and you can bet on anything and up to the minute. And right. Well, this is why it could be an issue. These are not games. Games are, sure, they can be fixed. They have in the past, but they're much less likely than something like this. Who who cares? Like to an, ex- to an executive who talks to his friend – you know, outside of the building, who cares if that leaks? That's not you're not fixing games, you're not doing anything like that, but you are fixing betting markets, and that's why this is trouble. Unbeknownst to them. Yeah, we saw it with yes, yeah, it's not nothing intentional. Right. But they just don't know that you know, these things are potentially going on. And like you saw the line of Bancaro completely collapsed and he ended up being the number one pick. Here today, we saw an unbelievable line movement <laughs> on DeAndre Ayton going to Brooklyn. Yeah. Almost to the point where, like, it's it's very Ben Carroll like, and now it's like, well, this is going to happen. People are just assuming it's going to happen just because the market has gone in this direction because clearly somebody knows something. Well, and the, the, here's the, here the, the problem lies within here is that you're right. There could be the there could be some people that are unintentionally just talking, but at some point it's got to, in order for those lines to drive. You and I both know this, okay? You you're well in tune with your boys at the books, and and you have your apps, so you should know this. And I mean, I know this from going way back, and a lot of my connections from way back. But information sells, and I'm not talking like inside information, fixed games during that. But in something like this, there's got to be a point in time when a sharp or a betting group gets word of that, and that's what drives the market. A square better just hearing something on whim isn't driving the line. They go make the bet. But the hype starts with the Sharps and some betting groups. At least it does with games. So I would imagine or I would wonder is if inside those inner circles where an executive's talking, hey, we're going to draft this kid first, or hey, we're thinking about moving DeAndre into blah, 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 and it goes and goes, it trickles. There's going to be one person who's tied in with the betting group, and there's codes. There are certain codes. There are nicknames. There are ways of betting groups. It would not shock me. If those types of things are, this is what's being discussed. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, that's what I think it's different in this market. And, and maybe it's not, but I, I think it's very different in this market because if some random, there's always been red flags of some random guy that nobody knows walks into a book and starts max betting games. Like, okay, sure. what's going on in this game? But they don't do that anymore. But Right, but in this case, like, it could be a lot more credible if you see some guy, some guy in, say, Brooklyn, Right. Who's walking in and is like, is like, oh, give me the max bet on, yeah. on you know DeAndre Ayton to be on the Nets. Like, whoa, who do you know? What's going on? Like, it, it doesn't have to be a sharp. It could just be like a red flag of somebody walking in and putting money and somebody knowing something, and then all of a sudden the market completely reacts to what it. What could the max Maybe, bet be on 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 props like this? It, great question. It depends, obviously, the book and and everything else. Yeah, and I mean, so, but these things can happen now, and it is something to watch. And when people start freaking out of like, why aren't these bets available in, in Nevada? Well, we're we're much stricter about what is and isn't allowed because these things can happen, yep. and we'll see how this plays out. But uh, it's concerning, I, I think for sure, 
that the market seems to already know that DeAndre Ayton is on the Brooklyn Nets. Now, maybe he isn't, maybe he isn't, but this is kind of crazy. Um, and we'll follow up on this a little bit later on because we do want to get to some hockey. There was a championship decided last night. We already have odds for next year. We'll go to South Africa and talk to Darren Millard next. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. I love you guys. I love you guys. That's all uh, That's all there is to be said. I mean, I've had supporters in my corner from day one, never wavered. And, uh, you know, for everyone that thought I was a liability in the playoffs, you kiss my ass. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. It is Cofield and Company here on this Monday. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez, Hill and his homies edition of Cofield and Company. And one of our homies on the show is our good friend, Darren Millard. Darren, how you doing, sir? I'm good, guys. Uh, nice that we ditched Steve and that we can all just hang out together yeah. and have some fun. Yeah, the cool kids are here. Now, we, we yeah. appreciate you doing this. You are You are not in Vegas right now, are you? No, I'm on the uh, far east coast of Canada. I'm four hours ahead, so I can honestly tell Willie that I'm way ahead of him <laughs> okay. in actuality right now. Now, you you have missed out on this, but it has been a running bit on the first half hour of the show today that you are doing this interview with us from South Africa. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know where uh, Ari got that from. I yeah. said I was on PEI, yeah. which is Prince Edward Island, yeah. which is a Canadian province. How he got South Africa out of that, I don't know. Well, it's an I'd indictment. love to meet his geography yeah. teacher. It's an indictment on the school system in, in Pennsylvania, for sure, for one. But exactly. also, also on Ari's listening comprehension, because, Darren, have we talked about any province more than Prince Edward Island on this show for the last five years? Nope. 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 And the, the, that person is about 20 minutes away from me right now. Uh, that we've talked about, the former head coach uh, in Gerard Gallant, and and you're absolutely uh, right. I don't know, like South Africa. I, I was I've been racking my brain, and it wasn't even like Ari and I were talking; we were texting. So there was no uh, misconstruing PEI, uh, and and uh, he went down uh, a rabbit hole that is uh, quite honestly uh, disturbing, disappointing. So going back, no, you don't get to talk, boy. Give it, no, no, Wikipedia, no, no, no. <laughs> you don't get no. to <laughs> no. <laughs> What what was that? He's trying to say Wikipedia said Prince Edward Island is in, no, is in South no, Africa. No, they the, didn't. No. Listen, okay, there's another one? No. Listen, listen, okay, don't, fine. Don't worry about him, uh, Darren. <laughs> this is insane. So let's go back to you being three hours ahead. So here's what's funny about you being ahead. Uh, four, 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 four hours. Please, so please, in reality, please. just think about it like this. When I wake up in the morning to do cardio or to get my day started in whatever shape, whatever form it may be, and it's 7 a.m. there, I'm still up probably ahead of many of your Canadian friends, even though it's 7 a.m. out there. Settle down. Let's, let's get a little bit of uh, context here. Like, right. I'll you text are you tomorrow at 3 a.m. Right I'll text you at 3 a.m. tomorrow understand. to say good morning. Uh, what, what are you, getting up at 2 in the morning? <laughs> 3. three. I'm up at 3 every day. 3. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then you pee, and then you go back to bed. No, exactly. that's at one thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Three is to get up, hey, we're, turn we're the about, coffee machine the on, age, jump on buddy. the elliptical. Yeah. 
we're about the same age. It might happen at one. It might happen at three. It might happen at You five. never know when it happens. Exactly. You yeah. never know. That's why the Tamsolotion is <laughs> a great thing. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on anymore. Uh, let's get back back to some semblance of, of sanity. Uh, even though Steve's not here, this is what we do. We just spiral. Uh, you, the finals are over. Uh, the Avalanche yeah. have won. Um, I made a comment to some friends last night. It's kind of It's kind of refreshing to me to see who I think was the best team actually win a title. It doesn't always happen, and I, I like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that the best team necessarily won. I, I think Tampa was right there uh, with with Colorado and, and could have won. I think there was some fatigue, some wear and tear in the Tampa Bay Lightning, but I was really impressed with the way they, they gutted things out to, to get back to a final. Now, if you go by sizzle, Adam, uh, there's no doubt that uh, the machine that is the Colorado Avalanche uh, blitzed their way through. They only lost four games uh, the entire postseason, which uh, is impressive and second only to the highly mighty uh, Edmonton Oilers uh, way back in the 80s. So, yeah, they, 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 the, the sizzle was there for Colorado, but I, I can make a case that uh, the best team was pretty darn even between the two. That That was awesome to see. Like, it wasn't one... Like last year, Montreal getting the final, not having any shot. Uh, seniors with Minnesota got to the final, didn't have any shot. Or Vancouver, uh, way back when, didn't have a shot. Uh, that, that that was good this year to have a legitimate Stanley Cup championship series. Darren, when you say that you feel the Lightning may have been feeling fatigued, do you feel in terms of the rigorous playoff this year or the fact that this is a team that – played well into, what was it, November, December in 2020, then the truncated season in 2021, and then back to finish the 21-22, because those were three straight seasons with playoffs built in, truncated or not, that's a tired team for three years. Yeah, and an evolving calendar. Uh, You mentioned uh, going into November, and that's normally the start of the season. So the way things were over, uh, lapping and uh, and stops and starts and COVID and changing roster, uh, I was really impressed. Like uh, Tampa used to be the sizzle uh, with with Kucherov and Stamkos and Hedman and being able to do uh, the same type of things, uh, similar to what uh, what Colorado did. Uh, but they turned into a grind out gut. Uh, uh, Czech uh, team that was uh, that was able to respond when things got really tough. Uh, Colorado, uh, they're they're the new kids uh, right now. I got, they they score as much as uh, or more than anybody else. Uh, uh, Florida would be would be right there, but uh, I don't think they have the uh, the overall uh, Kale McCarr uh, or Devon Taves uh, type of uh, blue line that uh, that goes as deep as, as Colorado. Uh, but they were they were a team without the the Vegas club standing in their way, uh, which did last year. Uh, they they played with a confidence that that I haven't seen that group play with uh, before. That is the voice of Darren Millard. Of course, you hear him uh, on uh, so many different plays with the Golden Knights TV broadcast, the VGK Insider Show, uh, as well. Uh, Darren, like the, the the Knights have to be watching that and be like, man, Colorado's really good. Uh, how much how much of a difference is there uh, in those teams going into next year? I know the odds came out yesterday. The Avalanche a big favorite uh, over the field to win uh, the title again next year, but it is so hard to repeat. Uh, how, how much difference does Vegas have to make up in this offseason? 
Do you remember uh, the numbers uh, that, that that came out uh, regarding Colorado being being the favorite? I'm, and I'm asking you this because I'm I'm generally curious how big of a favorite they are. Colorado, if I'm not mistaken, is plus four fifty. Golden Knights are sixteen to one. Okay, uh, because Colorado, as great as they are, and McCarr uh, is controlled. Uh, McKinnon, uh, they, they've, they've got the majority of the roster in place. Uh, I don't know who's going to play goal for them uh, because their goaltender is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, I don't trust the other guy. Uh, and the reason, reason why he's like, no, they can put him back in uh, and because they thought the other guy was uh, better in Kemper. Uh, they're going to lose Nazem Kadri. They're going to have some uh, uh, adjustment uh, to, to their to their roster around the edges, and, and Kadri's a big part uh, of their team as much as uh, I'll get into what the soundbite that you guys played uh, after I'm done this. But uh, but between Kadri and Kemper, those are two big pieces, uh, which tells me that I wouldn't put I wouldn't put. Colorado as big of a favorite as the book has right now. I, ju- I just don't agree with that, given uh, given uh, the goaltending situation alone. Well, you know, there's an unrestricted free agent goaltender sitting up in Minneapolis. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, you're 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 right. Uh, does he go to Colorado? Is that what you're implying? I'm just uh, saying. You said you don't know who's playing goalie. I'm just letting you know that there's an unrestricted free agent that played that finished the season with the Wild last year. That's all. Yeah, yeah, and they, and they might re-sign Darcy Camper. But uh, the other part of that, and I'll just uh, I'll just argue against myself for a second. Like goaltending was not a difference maker for the Colorado Avalanche in this postseason, and you could certainly make a case that if they had better goaltending, they might have char- challenged that Oilers record of going through the playoffs with only two losses. So uh, they they did not need net mining at all, as opposed to Tampa Bay that that leaned on the best goaltender in the world pretty heavily. You uh you, you didn't have a problem with what Kadri said, did you? I I do. Okay. I I, I certainly do. I listen, uh, and I know Naz. Uh, I've been around him uh, in, in my uh, time at, at Sportsnet, and I followed his career growing up. Listen, for him to say that. Uh, for the people that doubted me and did, went uh, and said some of this stuff, uh, uh, kiss my butt or whatever. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, Naz. That's 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 wrong. There was like you self-destructed uh, and and then took down the Toronto Maple Leafs on a couple of different occasions, and that certainly happened last year with the Colorado Avalanche uh, with his suspension that they were never able to uh, to get to get by. Uh, that that's a major talking point. Now, uh, unrestricted free agency, uh, he kept it all uh, above board this year, and and he was the 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 good player that you expect. But uh, was that just because it was unrestricted free agency, or has he turned over a new leaf? I've I've heard him before talk about the new leaf, uh, uh, and and he still went down a similar path in in making the same mistakes. So. Uh, for him to to make it sound like it was everybody else's fault and there wasn't any merit uh, to that uh, to that noise in that conversation, it's just flat out wrong. And look, everybody's playing the soundbite today. Good on them. If if you want, if you like hearing that, fine. But uh, but Naz, you're 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 wrong on that. The, the conversation was legitimate and and uh, and well founded. There you go. Strong stuff. We appreciate that. Uh, we'll close on a much much more serious note, Darren. Um, 
Yes. We heard Bruce Cassidy last week talk about how much he loved uh, going to the Taylor Swift concert with his daughter. Uh, I saw you make the case that Def Leppard actually still holds up as a band live in person, which is a more embarrassing take. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like I liked Def Leppard. I saw them a couple of years ago. They were awesome. Do you still and have I a Pyromania 8-track? <laughs> I, I will say it was it was a better concert when I wasn't looking at, uh, at Elliot up on the stage, uh, do his thing, uh, and seeing how old he was, and just then just listening to the music. It was much better. But I've been to Taylor Swift too, and uh, and I love Taylor Swift. Swift. Uh, I went there with my daughters. Keith Urban came out. They played John Deere. It was amazing. I enjoyed both. So uh, I can't tell you which is more embarrassing, other than I. Apparently, will not be going to a concert with Adam Hill. No, that, it, here's the thing. Oh, I was just about to the, throw that the out. The correct there. answer was your take was more embarrassing because Taylor Swift actually is, that's a good show. I, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate on that. Uh, I just wanted to make make sure you knew that your Def Leppard take was more embarrassing than Bruce Cassidy's Taylor Swift take. Well, I would I would rather go to Bon Jovi more than any of them. <laughs> uh, uh, truth be asked, but apparently uh, I'm afraid to actually. Uh, bring that up. Uh, I'll do so with great trepidation. Like, what's what's wrong with these bands? It's, it's good. Hysteria. Uh, pour some sugar on me. Uh, let's go, baby. All these throwback names to concerts. I think next summer would before you go back to PEI. I'm going to have to take you to maybe like a Paul Anka concert. <laughs> let's. Let, I, I'm fine with that too. <laughs> uh, good, uh, good Canadian boy. Let's let's do it. We'll break bread over some poutine. Oh, this is this is just getting worse and worse. Uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. You know what? Uh, go back to a safari in South Africa. Whatever you do there, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. What goes I'm, on, I'm but... swimming with a great white shark. Sure. About the only thing that uh, that we have in common uh, is there's uh, great salt water outside my door, the same as in South Africa. But I'm hoping that we don't have the same shark uh, population. You just make sure you say hi to Turk for us. I will. I'm going to see him uh, in a couple of days. There you go. We appreciate it, sir. Thank you so yeah. much. Okay. Uh, Godspeed, and uh, I'm going to send an atlas over to Ari. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, we we have more to get to, but we also have breaking news that just threw out everything we talked about 20 minutes ago. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. You're listening to Cofield & Company. On ESPN Las Vegas. Well, it's not often that things we talk about already in the first hour of the show are completely thrown out the window by breaking news, but it has happened today. So we had this whole discussion <laughs> about Kyrie Irving indicating through several different means that he may be leaving the Brooklyn Nets, um, saying it's not about the money suggesting potentially he could even just opt out of his deal for next year and go sign a mid-level exemption somewhere like the Lakers or sign a long-term deal and force a sign and trade to a team like, oh, the Lakers, because they were the only ones that appeared to have interest. And maybe the fact that the Lakers were the only ones that had interest or showed any interest in acquiring Kyrie, that precipitated his decision. You see the quote? His decision has been made. He will opt in to his deal with the Nets, his final year on the contract at $37 million. Now, potentially it could be 
it could be used to trade him. It sounds like he wants to commit to the Nets and stay around for a year, but they they could they have the power now to trade him if they want. If he wanted to force a sign a trade, he could have uh, done that by choosing his option and working out a deal and going somewhere else. But now he's under contract for a year. He could be traded as even an expiring contract. That's somebody that wanted to get some salary cap space for the future. But for right now, indications are he will go to the Nets and stay in the Nets, stay with the Nets. Normal people keep the world going, but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. I've made my decision to opt in. See you in the fall. All eleven, all even, and it's A11 even. No hashtag, just... Normal people don't have the option to take $37 million to stay where they are. No, I opted in for like $37 to be here today. <laughs> yeah. So I don't like I I don't know what that means. That that's it's, that's it just doesn't make any sense to me that he's he's making this out to be like he's he's some trailblazer. Yeah, he's and that's certainly he's not. I mean he just He's just staying with a deal that he already signed and taking thirty six million dollars or thirty seven million dollars and and playing another Who's year more for the quirky, Knicks. The Kyrie Irving or the Oakland A's? I think it's I think it's Kyrie. <laughs> It's 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 just it's strange. Um I listen, this is it's it's crazy because I was all in on him leaving after last week arguing with Steve that he has to stay. It it doesn't make any sense for the Nets to try to move on and you know break this up and do something different when this is potentially the year everything's gonna come together that they actually have a chance to compete. They are going to be one of the favorites if everybody stays together and have a chance to make a run. And it sounded like they they had accepted uh, that both he and Kevin Durant were leaving. Now, this also brings up the Kyrie fired back at the quote-unquote new media. Like, this is so obnoxious. because he, So here's, here's, this is what happened. He was asked on the red carpet, do you want to play for the Nets? He laughed and was like, ah, I'm going to pass this question on to somebody else. And laughed about it. You could have easily said yes. But he didn't. He laughed about it. He's like, ah, I'm going to pass on this question. So then he gets mad that it's reported that he's noncommittal on an answer. The fact is, you were noncommittal on the answer. Yeah. You're not, you're not like pulling one over on oh, the new media. They don't know what they're talking about. And he, what he said is, when I smile like that, they should know something else is up. Okay. It's easy to answer the question. Nobody reported that you no nope, like this this article and it's I think it's Complex magazine that uh, he was accusing of this, but the article just said he was non-committal when asked. That is factually reporting what happened, and it's not slamming him. No, it's just telling that he was non-committal, right? Which is a hundred percent true. And there's only one person that you and I both personally know that when a smile comes across his face in a tumultuous situation, we know what's about to happen. That's our guy, Ryan Reeves. <laughs> sure, that's true too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this so this is all, it's all bizarre. But Kyrie is always bizarre. We know that uh, quirky. I guess is what, is what we go with. Uh, but yeah, that's a uh, that's the situation now. It looks like Kyrie will opt in, return to the Nets for next year, which you would assume either means KD is staying or they are going to trade Kyrie Irving now. But he has kind of lost uh, the ability to to decide where he's going to go next year. He lost some, some of that leverage that he could have potentially had uh, by either not not opting in or working out a sign-and-trade before that was going to happen. 
so much going on in the NFL, mostly with uh, lawsuits and Deshaun Watson and um, other things like that for now because it's the actual down month. The one month that the NFL actually is kind of off is right now. So lots on the Deshaun Watson situation and Lindy the Rock coming up next.